Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Joining me now at Gillette Stadium from the Boston Sports Journal, friend of the Six Rings podcast, goes way back with Fitzy and Hart, Mike Giardi. Uh, Michael, how are you? I am fine, Andy. How are you? So we are kicking off. I know it's week three, but let's be honest. I don't have the greatest work ethic in the world, and I'm just getting to Gillette Stadium. We're kicking off what we hope will be weekly chats with various beat writers from around the Boston market, websites, papers, radio, whatever it may be. And so the first thing I want to talk to you about is something I posted. I don't know if you saw on Twitter because you're not very uh, good at following me and keeping up with my uh, social media expertise. Posted a question, a simple question I thought on Twitter for a poll yesterday. After two weeks... How do you feel about Patriots quarterback Mac Jones? I gave three options because I effed up and there should have been four. I realize now. So the three options I gave before I let you answer are better, worse, the same. I should have broken the same into the same, never liked him, or the same, still have hope. A positive and a negative same probably should have been in there. But surprisingly, over 50% feel better about their New England Patriots quarterback. So Mike Giardi? How do you feel about Mac Jones after two weeks? Andy, I voted in said poll. Yeah, you just slandered me, and it's false. Uh, and I voted better. Um, I think it's kind of what we had hoped for when they hired Bill O'Brien. I think you're seeing much more of the Mac we saw as a rookie than the guy we saw in his second year. I think you're seeing answers that he didn't have last year from the uh, the hammerheads that were calling plays. Um and there's a more comfort, I think, with him. I think there's more confidence. Like, I, I know he's been down after the losses, but I, whatever. I, I don't know why that's a problem. Like, I would be down too. I, you, you play to win the game, as Herm Edwards once said. So I do. I feel, I feel, 
significantly better about where he's at and where he's headed as we go forward. Okay, so you feel better, which is good. I'm glad you feel better. Look out for you. I like your well-being. Um, but you have a coach who is has a losing record post-Tom Brady. You have a quarterback who has a losing career record after that loss. You have two games in which I feel like you can feel better, and I agree with that. I actually would say I feel marginally better. I think the voting sort of showed that. I think Bill O'Brien, just all of that. It's not the dysfunction. It's not the poop show that we saw last year. It's not good enough. You're 0-2. And I think in the evaluation of Mac Jones, everybody is right right now. Everybody has like a leg to stand on. If you hate him and you say his arm is weak or you hate him and say he never seems to make the play he needs to with the game on the line, I think he even agrees with that based on the way he reacted to that Eagles loss when the defense got him the ball twice, down a score, did nothing. Same thing this week. You have the ball back, game on the line, fourth downs. And I know these have been kicking the nut plays scripted by this stupid marketing campaign of the National Football League. Oh, we'll have a guard get a first down and then replay will say he didn't. Where is the evolution going? So that that's my next question. Like, I feel like you've gotten back. Last year, you weren't in the blocks. You weren't at the starting line. You're back to the starting line. But that's not good enough. You're 0-2. And I know 0-2 doesn't mean you stink because Joe Burrow's 0-2 and Justin Herbert's 0-2 and Russell Wilson's 0 Well, maybe Russell Wilson stinks now. I don't know. But at least two good young quarterbacks are 0-2 with you. It's great to feel better. But don't you now need to be better to actually win games, to not lose games? But doesn't this – see, to, to me, I, I don't know how you feel, but to me this still comes around to the talent that's around him. And as we saw on Sunday night, and actually to a certain degree in the opener, the ability to make explosive plays just isn't there. I said you they have to be so fine that it's too fine. And people are like, I'm like, look, it was late. It was 2 a.m. when I wrote that. But like, I think if you think about it for a second, like everything has to be perfect. They have to scheme it up perfectly. They have to block it perfectly. Um, there has to be enough time in the pocket. The throw has to be right in the, the, the tiniest of windows because they don't separate. The one guy that does separate ends up getting benched because he fumbled the football, even though he didn't get benched, according to, you know, the coaching staff here. Um, so... That, to me, is the big thing, and you watch Tua. I don't think Tua's great. I'm not even sure Tua's good. He, he might be pretty good, like sort of where I put Mac as a rookie. Like I think there are definite limitations to him. I don't think his arm strength is that great. I don't think he – some people are talking about him playing off schedule. I don't think he plays great off schedule. Like, what are we talking about? Um, but he has Tyreek Hill. He has Jalen Waddell. He has Raheem Mostert. Uh, somehow, even though their offensive line's a disaster and didn't have their left tackle, they're ripping you for big gains because they have a coach who everything that they've done there has been for the quarterback. And whether, again, whether you believe the quarterback can be great, I don't believe he can be great, but they gave him Tyreek Hill. They drafted Jalen Waddle. They went out and signed Teron Armstead, even though he hasn't played thus far this year. Um, they built things around him to make him look. They've propped him up. Patriots haven't done that. The Patriots have put all, I mean, Max thrown, what, 90-something times in the first two games? They haven't propped him up. They put him in terrible spots uh, with the people that he has around him. And you're competitive. But like you said, competitive is not good enough. you got to start winning some of these games. So you mentioned it. He's thrown the ball a ton. I believe he leads the NFL in attempts and completions. I believe he's six in yards. Um, so he's numerically up there now, standings or something else. I want to 
pull in something that I used in my ranking the roster column a couple years ago that seemed to draw a lot of criticism from fans when I had Nick Folk as the second best player on the roster. Hey, by the way, Nick Folk still looks good. Um, the idea that judging a person and comparing him to his teammates based on his ability to do his job, his singular, whatever you ask him to do. Mac Jones is doing his job at whatever level people perceive. That's, I, I don't, anyone can have their opinion. But my question would be, if the offensive line and the wide receivers and the tight ends and the running backs were doing their job at the same level that Mac Jones is doing his right now through two weeks of the season, would you at least have one win and maybe two? No. I don't like that answer. Try again. No, because you're not as talented as those two teams that you played. There, there's a there's a talent gap there, and even though I think you have – you got better. I think you're more talented this year than you were last year or even the year before that there's still a gap between you and the other guys. Like you don't have anyone like Tyreek Hill to, that just like petrifies you. The Patriots play petrified of Tyreek Hill. As they should. Eh. He's scary. He, he is scary, but then they gave, Ask the Chargers. Right, but then they gave everybody else opportunities to gas you. And guess what? They, they did. Well, you can't allow the Mostert run. If you're going to play that way, you can't allow the Mostert 43-yard touchdown run. That's the way I look at it. You knew you were going to allow ground yards. If you put three safeties 20 yards from the line of scrimmage, I mean, that's just the reality. You're going to give up yards on the ground because I also think you have questions at linebacker and some other spots. But you can't give up that backbreaker of a run, in my opinion. But... I don't really fault them for fearing Tyreek Hill, and they didn't let him beat him, so they checked off that box, right? Who cares that they checked off the box? They didn't win the game. It, and they, Hello, you play. Well, right, that's my – so great. You you stopped Tyreek Hill. I'm sure they're wicked happy here. Like, oh, our, our great plan held him to five catches and 40 yards. He still scored a touchdown when, you, when he got a mismatch on you. Oh, by the way, their coach is good. Oh right, like, so – and River Craycraft is catching 22-yard passes on you in big spots. Um, Jalen Waddle ran a, a, a go route in which he gave the quarterback five yards from the sidelines, unlike Devontae Parker, who got his contract extension, who immediately got pushed to the sidelines within 10 yards of his route. And while Mac Jones threw a terrible ball, that was a terrible route. Um, so, like, I think both of them get <laughs> L's on that one. I just – I don't – I feel like in both cases – the opposing team toyed with you a little bit. 16 nothing. the Eagles said, we immediately throttled down. You all of a sudden, 16 to 14, second half, they, sh they, they, they punch you right in the mouth. They go right down on the field on you. I know it ended up in a field goal, but like they exerted their will on you again. It was like, okay, we got a little bit of a game here, but this is what we can do. And I, the Dolphins, same thing. It's like we sit there and we look at the end of the game and you say, well, they had the ball. They were at the 29. They, Cole had the first down. It's like, uh, was it really that close, though? Did you really feel like you were in the game? They, You got opportunities um, in, in part because the Dolphins, I mean, the, the field goal attempt from Sanders that he missed that gave you the great field position. They're going for it on fourth down if Tua doesn't freaking fumble the snap, which he did, like, what, four times in the game? Again, he's just okay. He's fine. But, like, I just I can't I can't sort of get past the the idea that they almost played like a little cotton mouse game with you. And when they needed to, 
they made plays. Okay, so a couple things. First of all, careful with the shots at two. I have found over the last week plus that Dolphins fans are the biggest bitches on the planet. Uh, and I truly believe it comes from a place of insecurity. I think deep down in places they don't talk about at parties, they have doubts about their quarterback. Um, so I think there's that. And then the, the reevaluation that we bring to Mac. If we take the same standard to the team, I don't care whether you projected this team to have six wins, seven wins, 10 wins, 11 wins, you're super high on them like Curran that thought after 0-1 they were going to 3-1. Oh, he's jumped ship finally? He's realized that 3-1 was never real after 0-1? Um, don't you have to lower – I mean, I got to think most people that thought they were going to win 8, 9, 10 games thought they might handle their business against the Dolphins at home, right? Yeah. That was a winnable game, and I think you may need to reevaluate what you think of this team. Now, there's others, and – you know, Matt Judon, we're not a bad team. Nope, no one said you were. I believe in the National Football League, and you used to check these numbers. You had all those high fancy fluting. Um, like a lot of games go down to one score. There's a really lot of games that are decided by a score. You lose those, you're not a good team. You win those, you're a good team. That says you're a good team. In the record, the Par- Parcellian evaluation, you're a good team. So you're right. It's a tease. They're like They are hanging, but you're also digging a hole. Just like you're digging holes in games, you're digging a hole in the first quarter of the season. And I wrote this the other day, like, I love the cliches, like, because I think they're so true, like, you can't win a game early, you can't win a season early, but you can lose one. You can dig a hole that you can't get out of either in the season or the game. Are you reevaluating what you thought this football team can be, will be, would be talent-wise and course of the season, what what they're going to kind of turn into? I mean, I had them at 8-9. and nine. So now you should have them at 7-10. and 10. Yeah, but then I, I figured – so what I had when I did it was I had them splitting with Miami and I had them splitting with the Jets. I don't I don't think you lose to Zach Wilson. I, so, like, I think – You sure? I, I'm not sure. I'm not Isn't like, this going to be a lose-off? Which team is going to try to lose it and doesn't? Like, I, I really believe – my feeling – like, we talk about must-win games. I don't think this is a must-win game. It's a can't-lose game. Don't F it up. You can't be the one who – Mac Jones who throws a pick for the third straight week that – that pick changed both games. The first one, they scored. The second one, you didn't. Both those games could be different if you don't throw those picks. And those are bad throws, bad plays, bad decisions, bad everything by him. To me, that's what the, like, which third-year quarterback who's questionable is going to F it up. Because one of them, I think, is going to F it up, and we're going to be talking about it next week. But one team is going to put a lot on their quarterback. The Patriots have to put a lot on their quarterback right now because there was no sign of a running game either. And maybe that changes this week. Although, again, uh, even though the, the Cowboys uh, did whatever they wanted, you're not the Cowboys. You don't have that same type of personnel. Um, I also look at it, too, as, uh, you know, you need to win. You're 0-2. So, I, in theory, you're more desperate than they are. But they got embarrassed. And that defense, you know, DJ Reed was talking about they're the 85 Bears, and then they gave up whatever, however many points to Dallas, and Dallas, like I said, did whatever they wanted to. You don't think they're getting their manhood challenged? Like, I mean, read some of the headlines in New York. Already they're sort of challenging them. But behind closed doors, I mean, Salah's a defensive guy. Bet there's, there's going to be a lot on them. Like, okay, guys, you know what the limitations we have at quarterback. You just played a crap game. This is a get-right game for us. Go go out there and shut him down. Hold him to one touchdown. Make him kick field goals. Whatever, whatever it is. So like, there's there's that push and pull too of like who's the more desperate team here. I think they're both in a in a weird spot. I'm pretty sure the Patriots' offensive line will be part of the story against the Jets, or probably for the rest of the season. It's been all summer, all off season. Failure to address it with any significant moves. 
Um, the one thing I want to push back against, though, and feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. You like to do that. I believe you say Andrew on Twitter, uh, which adds you to the, my list of my wife and my mother who use that. <laughs> um, so everybody's like, oh, and the offensive line gets healthy. Didn't wasn't four fifths of the starting offensive line on the field for the bulk of the game against the Miami Dolphins. You're without Trent Brown, who has since tweaked his contract and. I no longer know whether that's a hold in, whether he was truly concussed. I'm not accusing. I'm just throwing stuff out there because I feel like he's a player where you can be safe throwing stuff out there because sometimes it's worthy. Um, but regardless of that, you had Cole Strange, you had David Andrews, you had Mike Onwenu, and you had Calvin Anderson, who I think the worst thing that's going to happen to Calvin Anderson is when everybody else gets healthy and starts paying attention to Calvin Anderson um, because I think you're going to see you have a journeyman practice squad right tackle. But what is the upside of the offensive line? Like when they're Trent Brown back out there when he wants to be, that's good news for you. Is that the five man group or are we going to see a bump change with city? So getting in there, Antonio Maffi, is he going to be in the Like what is the healthy five man line that is going to fix everything that ails this offense? I mean, from left to right, you've got Trent, you've got Cole, who I think as the game went on, Cole got better. Good short yardage runner. <laughs> yes. David Andrews. Mike Nguyen, again, he had a lot of rust on him, didn't finish the game. And then right tackle's a, a gigantic question mark. Bumfest is a hobo fight is what Fitzy, I love, likes calling it. I mean, Vidarian Lowe I actually thought wasn't bad at left tackle, so I'm wondering if Vidarian Lowe is your right tackle this week and Calvin Anderson becomes your, your swing tackle in this moment. Um, and, again, I don't know that Vidarian Lowe is the answer. He just might be the, the temporary solution until you – whatever. And – Riley Reef comes back. Maybe you go back to that. Maybe City So again. I, I don't. I don't. I don't really know what the answer is there. But can you be better offensively if those four guys are clicking and seeing it through one set of eyes, as Dante always told us? And the fifth guy is just whatever. I think you can probably make that work. And in if you just look at the division, it could end up being still maybe possibly if they're healthy, the best group in the division which is, i know which isn't saying much for the division i guess maybe the bills because it looks like Deion dawkins might have his game back a little bit at left tackle for them but i don't know i mean and again i don't know what does that give you what does that maybe it allows you to run the ball a little bit better which then introduces i know people say you can run play action all the time even but they don't want mac to turn his back on anyone right now so maybe that invites a little bit more play action and maybe you can create some more explosives even though you don't have the most explosive guys on the outside. Okay, so sticking with the reevaluation theme, there's three guys I want to talk about that were three of my favorites in the summer. The fourth would be James Robinson, and he's apparently out of football. Um, but these three guys that I was um, very high on, very much intrigued by coming into the season, I think one has lived up to the hype. Ironically, he's the youngest of the group. And two, I think, have not lived up to the hype in the two-game totality. So Christian Gonzalez, loved him in the summer, faded, I thought, a little bit in August, and now September looks like he's what I expected, a number one corner, a competitive rookie, You've needed him to be your number one, and he's lived up to that. Two veterans, Kendrick Bourne, big first game, couple touchdowns. There's no efficiency in his game. His catches are like less than 50% in terms of targets, which I think is concerning, something that bears monitoring. And I just don't see the spark. Like He's supposed to be your playmaker, and I thought it was glaringly obvious when you see guys like Waddle and Hill running motions or different things like, oh, yeah, that's what a real one looks like. And then the third guy is, you mentioned the running game. 
I don't think Ramondre Stevenson on the ground has been very good. I think he's pitter-pattered. Now, maybe we blame some of that on the offensive line. There's no confidence. He's trying to find holes instead of hit holes. But he had a bunch of short yardage runs, second and ones, third and ones, where blow through the line, get your one yard. I don't need five. Now we move the chains. Uh-oh, now it's third and one. Now we t- try a terrible toss. Now it's a tackle for a Like, I think Ramondre Stevenson and Kendrick Bourne have not been good enough to help Mac in the midst of everything else. So give me your just sort of quick evaluation on those three um, key contributors or failures. Gonzalez doesn't look out of place at all. He's super smooth. It's a coverage guy. Uh, you know, he, whatever, as a run guy, I mean, there were a couple of times he was exposed a bit in the run game. I, I don't really care about that. Like, you brought a guy in here to cover, and so far, so good. Uh, I, and I just like his overall demeanor. I think the guys have talked about that quite a bit, just a level of calm in his play. Um Number two was who was number two? Kendrick Bourne. Kendrick, yeah. Well, look, I mean, I don't want to go back to it, but I. I uh oh. but I just they're, they're all of the, their receivers are professional receivers. They belong on a football team, but they're all out of whack here. There, there are no ones. I don't think there's twos. If he's a three, okay. But like you said, there's a dependence on him. I mean, I had a chance to make a really it was a really good throw from Mac down the sidelines. And he put one hand out for it. I do think his other hand was restricted. Oh, you have to look at the replay. I did. Hands on the chest. P.I. No. No. P.I. He had the chance to use the other arm. He didn't use it. I, so, and they keep trying that play. He's he's not, I, he's just not that player. I think, you know, again, if there's maybe some play action or maybe Pop Douglas is eating you up inside and maybe you get a little bit more room out there, maybe something will pop. But, yeah, it's inconsistent. But that's what he's been his entire career. That's even what he was two years ago when people were raving about him. So, like, and and when we talk about last year, it's important to note that he was partly responsible for what happened last year with his own playtime. Because when he got opportunities, he wasn't consistent. He made dumb mistakes. He had – how many penalties did he have last year? Wide receivers don't get penalties. He had penalties, like line of scrimmage, lining up wrong, like stuff like that just can't, can't happen. So I just think he is what he is which would be a nice part of the passing game if he wasn't a primary guy. Here he's a primary guy, so that's a problem. Ramondre, look, I thought, I thought week one he was – I thought he looked like he was playing sick. He, he looked like he had no juice, that he was fatigued. Um, last week, I, I think there's like a level of frustration maybe already. Like, God damn, every time I get the ball, it's like there's n- I, I have nothing there. And I think he is – we, I, I love him. I think he's the best running back they've had since A.J. Dillon. But I think he's also one of those guys. Corey Dillon. A.J. Dillon, Corey Dillon. Um, I, I, I feel like he does need a little bit of room to roam, that there has to be a little bit of a, t- a period for him to start up. And that once he gets that little hole, then he's able, then all of a sudden you see the power knocking over linebackers and safeties or whatever and getting to the second level. I don't feel like there's been any of that. So I, Maybe he's searching for it, and that's led to some of the lack of decisiveness in his runs and just say, screw it, two hands on the ball, I'm lowering my head, and I'm, I'm getting the one yard. Um, and maybe he's, he's searching too much for a big play. But, yeah, he, he needs to be better, but I think that whole operation has been so bad. Like, they tried to run the ball in the beginning of that game against Miami, and Miami's front that got gashed by the Chargers was like, no, not today. We don't, we're, our guys are going to beat your guys, and they did. So as we wrap this up here in Six Rings and Football Things, I'm going to ask you a simple question. It is mid-September. Long way to go. 15 games, months of action. I always talk about this. We get caught up in... 
And it's like training camp. You get caught up day to day and you're like, wait a minute, it's only been three days and I'm saying a guy sucked or a guy's great. Same thing with the season. When we look back on this, are the Patriots right now um, spinning their wheels? Are they going down the hole? Or are they laying the foundation for maybe an upward tick when maybe they get a bounce or maybe the competition's quite not quite as good as your overall feel of the team in you know 30 seconds or less? Optimistic, pessimistic, or it doesn't matter? <laughs> I, I guess I still have a little bit of optimism. Yeah, because I think they're going to win this weekend. And you're one and two. And then you're going to go to Dallas and you're probably going to get spanked by Dallas because they're just, I just, right now they're the best team. I and mean, who knows? McCarthy is not the greatest coach. But then that's to me when the season starts. Like you wish you had the Miami game because in my head I had them two and two after the way it all played out in September. And now it looks like one and three is probably the way it's going to be. That's when it starts. You got games against the Saints, the Commanders, later against the Colts that I think um, you have to have. There's no, like, Pittsburgh, these are all games that I think you, well, maybe if they lose one of those, they'll be fine. No, now because of the hole that you might find yourself in coming out of September, those are all games you're going to have to win. And I think when you look at the talent on the other side, you say they, they can do it, assuming we see some progress here, but it's, it's going to be a lot of one-possession, one-score games. So the team that hasn't been able to make the gotta-have-it plays at the end of the first two games – Mike Giardi predicts later down the line in gotta-have-it games might even make the gotta-have-it plays or just be the more talented, well-coached team and pull themselves out of this hole. We are in a hole, a bunker, Gillette Stadium. There's no windows in the room we're in, but each and every week on Six Rings and Football Things, we're going to bring you an interview from the, the home locker room, not behind enemy lines, behind friendly lines, I guess, with the Patriots beat writers. First on the list, of course, it's week three, but first on the list is our friend Mike Giardi. Mike from Boston Sports Journal. Thank you for joining us, Michael. Always a pleasure, Andrew. See you. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 